When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Thursday, December 2nd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 437 featuring the Boston Globe's Gary Washburn is powered by BetOnline.ag and INSA. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Go to INSA.com. That's I-N-S-A.com. Mention we sent you. Get a t-shirt for a penny. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome in. Another new edition of Celtics Beat. Of course, uh, you know, I, a lot of things to get into, obviously, on the heels of what was a, a really good, really important win over the Sixers. We won't spend too much time really dissecting that one specifically, especially with such a, a big road trip on the horizon here for this team. Five games out west, which uh, could, I'm not going to say it's going to make or break the season or anything. We're still early on in the year, but it is pivotal, obviously, to the early year success of this club. I'm Adam Kaufman and Valenti here as always. Gary Washburn, good friend of the program, joining us once again. Gary, what's going on? Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good to talk to you. I just can't believe it's December, man. How did that happen? Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, December first or what? Second, second, second. Yeah, yeah man. Time's passing us by. Yeah, Christmas is right around the corner, and then another new year. So, yeah. L- luckily, gl- gladly, twenty one wasn't as t- tough as twenty in terms of yeah. just a lot of things. So, hopefully, <laughs> we're getting getting out of this situation. All some of the situations that we're in. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Good. Uh, so, yeah. Did, did, did what everybody else did. Eat, watch, watch football. That's about it. Nice. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody's obsessed with, you know, looking forward. It's, you know, what I've, I've certainly noticed, and this is just as a sports fan, this isn't unique to Celtics fans at, at, or even necessarily the Boston region, but I feel like there's, there's a, a certain element of it here in, in this area with these pro teams, because we've become so obviously a, a title town over the last couple of decades that it's sort of become entitled town as well for all of the fans that it's a lot of looking ahead, not so much, you know, living in the moment and, you know, a, a appreciating uh, sort of the process of, of things, because I think especially Celtics fans specifically, people are sort of tired, you know, tired of the the waiting and the promise and the, man, this looks good on paper. It doesn't translate on the court and everything, you know, that happened under Danny and Brad to now Ime and, you know, a couple of all-star, borderline, all-NBA caliber players on this team trying to take everything to the next level. And yet here we are. You know, again, early December with an important road trip on the way. And this is, you know, it's it, it's a middling group. Evan and I were just talking about it before the show. It, you know, we've talked about it a lot on past shows. Evan's saying, you know, maybe it just, it, it's got to take time. You know, we all want to change. You talked to us about the need for change so many times on this show. Well, the change is here. Are we having trouble giving it time? Yeah, I mean, I think there's an impatient. I think the fact that when you draft Tatum and Brown and they're, they both make the all-star team and then you spend money on Hayward and Horford and Walker over the last couple of years, you expect more than just the Eastern conference finals. And I think that uh, I'll just continue to say this, the the kind of the blowing it in the bubble is that might haunt the organization for a long time. Cause I thought that that was the team that had a chance, maybe not to beat the Lakers, but to reach the finals and get on that big, big, the biggest stage with Tatum, with Brown, um, and and show that all the hard work and all the through trades and all that Danny had done uh, had paid off. And the fact that they lost in six. And, you know, Miami was a good team, but they were a flawed team. And, I mean, if you see the Heat next year, they got swept by the, or, you know, swept by the Bucks in the first round. Like, it wasn't like they lost to a team that's was like a Trent, like a, like a Warriors, you know, or Cavaliers where they were a, a power amongst, you know, in the East for a while, there was a, a kind of a one-shot team themselves before they made some changes this year. And now they're better, but um, I think they'll regret that 
But I do think there's a level of impatience when you have Tatum and Brown and, sp- and they've spent the money. It just the money, unfortunately, hasn't worked out. Injuries cost them Hayward pretty much. And then we've seen what, the situation, we can talk about that later with Kimball Walker now in New York, where, you know, that, that unfortunately, a guy who was super durable in Charlotte and was a, a gamer comes to Boston and suddenly can't stay healthy and can't get his knee right. And now he's a half of the player that he was. So it's a misfortune too. It's not just Brad and Danny's fault or it's the organization. It's sometimes just misfortune happens. You got to be lucky to win titles. You have to be lucky. And if you could go back to that bubble and say, you know, Hayward getting hurt early and he tried to make his way back from that and just wasn't the same player. I mean, they, it's just a lot of luck involved. And then look at in Miami, like Miami had, Against the Lakers, I believe, wasn't Dragic and Dragic oh, Bam yeah. went her, yeah, Bam got it. There were all they, kinds of injured in that series. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 all the one thing, like there there are generationally great teams. Like the Warriors are a generationally great team, and here we are once again with the Warriors being unbelievable. Um, but a lot of times it's it's a lot of luck. I mean, look at the Patriots this year. They're running into just a whole mess of luck when it comes to their opposition. Missing key guys. I mean, last week, no Derrick Henry, no AJ Brown, no Julio Jones. And, you know, it's yeah. the way it is right now. And, and you have to ride my that. kind of game. Right. You, you got to ride the wave. And it feels like, you know, they, they had it, they had it like right. I mean, they had you, uh, they you go back and look at Kyrie, Hayward, Horford, Brown, and Tatum. That starting five, if you think about it today, I mean, regardless of what you think about, you know, Kyrie is, Talented on the floor is all hell. You know, that team was set up to be a really excellent team that could contend mm-hmm. for a while. Um, and five minutes into the season, it blew up in their face. So, yeah. and now they're trying to pivot and regain footing. And, you know, I think, I think people are just impatient and it's, and it's starting to kind of drive me a little nuts because I think, I, I just think people, because of the success of the town, just expect so much constantly. And look, there was a lot of success early on in this thing, but you know, as one of my favorite sayings is development isn't always linear, right? It's not always like, Oh, this happens. Then this has to happen. No, it's not. And certain guys develop at certain paces. And now they have a whole new set of eyes in there, a new brain trust, so to speak with Ime, his staff, you know, Brad running the show. And so again, I think we've sort of maybe, potentially Gary son to their development one more time or, or put a little, little different wrinkle on it. Am I crazy for thinking that? No. I mean, I think unfortunately for Celtic faithful, um, their investments in the draft has, just hasn't worked out. Like you, I mean, and, and Celtic fans is going to be a touchy subject, but you look at the year Desmond Baines having in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that the most. It's, and, and it hurt because Everybody in their, you know, everybody loved yeah. Desmond Bain. Everybody loved him. And it was just one of those things where, you know, to get off Cantor's contract, they had to trade this really great young player away. And that would have been a great draft if they would have been able to bring him in. That one hurts. Yeah. Like, only to bring back Cantor. <laughs> and they, and only, only to bring back Cantor or freedom. Freedom. Bring, back, freedom. You know, bring freedom home. Um, <laughs> let freedom ring. Yeah. Let freedom ring. I was going to say that there was, there was, there was no way we could have somehow mixed Philadelphia and freedom last night's game. Like I just tried <laughs> to get clever with it. I just, it was a stretch. I was upset with myself. I couldn't think of some way to bond <laughs> Philadelphia, Philadelphia and freedom. And for young people, just it's an Elton John song. Look it up. Um, you know, for the youngsters who are listening, who have no idea what Philadelphia freedom means. Um, to me, it was just like, they had their chances, but, you can't miss so much in the draft recently. The Carson Edwards thing still, you, you could have had Matisse Thibel, who was turned into a solid rotational piece for Philadelphia. Grant Williams has taken a big step forward. So you can't say that that was not a, a bad pick or a bust pick. He is hey, not all first round picks are going to be stars. The hope is when you tr- choose someone late in the first round or mid first round, that they become a starter and a good rotational player. We do, still don't know about Romeo Langford, Shimmy. They tried, it didn't work out, um, and 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 they, they wasted for I think a couple of years their two way spots on players who just weren't going to help them. Taco thing was nice. Tremont Waters just never really proved to be an NBA player. And then you look at guys 
he just there was some really bad decisions made with the development and the draft and the talent assessment that didn't give them that boost where now, you know, like we don't know, still don't know about Smith and Pritchard. Like they both, Emay's not playing them much and people mm. are not, you know, we can talk about that. That's another thing of like, well, should he play them and sacrifice minutes for Richardson and Schroeder or, you know, the Schroeder's emergence kind of put Peyton in the, in the, in the doghouse and, and he can't hit a shot anymore. And, and I mean, we, you, you got to land when you do not, when you're not a team that's going to attract LeBron James and Chris Paul and all these superstars, you've got to land with your picks. You've got, and I'm talking about hundred percent, but you got to go 60% like rotational guys, guys mm-hmm. who can help you guys who can do one thing really well. And I just think, unfortunately for the Celtics, they, we still, as a Romeo, we still really don't know about. I mean, he's developing, but I always say, guys, the one and done thing, like not everybody's willing, one and done worthy, even though they have a good solid freshman year in college. Just because you average 18 points a game in the Big Ten does not make you a good NBA player. We need to stop that. Okay. Romeo physically wasn't ready for the league. Okay. He just wasn't. And now he's in his third year where you look at his draft class and there's dudes who are really hooping in that draft class. And the Morants and guys, something no shot at. Mm. There's also guys who are taken behind him that have developed into established players. And we're still trying to see about Romeo. Um, the Carson thing didn't work out as a bitch. It just, you got to have that backup and their bench was so bad last year. You could just tell Brad did not like the team. And you can tell from his actions when he took over for Danny, he didn't like this team. Right. So yeah, there's going to be a level of impatience because I think the last few years, uh, things were botched, quite honestly botched, not the free agency. Anyone would have signed Hayward at that point. Anyone would have, would have brought in Kyrie for, for a hurt Isaiah, like all the moves, Free agency wise, we're solid. The big time. I thought Danny botched, you know, the Tristan Thompson thing. Um, he could have signed another shooter or two who would have helped, you know, it's and, and he could have signed another veteran guy. But now Brad's kind of doing all that, but they're still not championship level. And I'm sure that's a level of frustration because I don't know if they can beat the Nets in seven games at this point, you know. I mean, we saw what they did against the Nets a couple, like last week. They didn't compete. So if you if you look up and down, if people will indulge me for a second, if you look up and down at, at what has happened so far this season, Gary, and it speaks to a lot of obviously what you've talked about, open up the year with two straight losses. Then you win two in a row. Then you lose three in a row. Then you win four out of five. Then you lose two out of three. Then you win three in a row, lose two in a row, and here we are, they've won two straight. Mm-hmm. It all perfectly makes up the the 12 and 10 of where they stand, obviously. It speaks to why they're – you know, a, a middling team in the Eastern Conference. There's no, you know, sustained run of excellence. There's no prolonged rut in there. They've just been very, very up and down in these short little streaks. But I think what we knew coming into the year, we talked a lot about it going back to the offseason based on those acquisitions that they made, Horford and Schroeder and Richardson and, you know, keeping guys like Smart and Williams and the list goes on is obviously they were going to win first and foremost with defense. And if you look over the last 15 games after a a really kind of terrible first couple weeks of the year, the last 15 games, they have averaged less than 100 points allowed. Okay. So the defensive rating has been really good in terms of just, again, raw totals. They've allowed like, I don't know, 97 points a game over those last couple weeks, the 87 against Philly in this last game defense is fine. It's a top five defensive team. It's actually really good. But the, the overall question is you watch on a night to night basis. And I know injuries or health and safety protocols. It's all played into it. I get it. But the, the overarching question to, to sort of at least, you know, allow this team to, to take that step, to take that leap, to go somewhere, to even just be, you know, a, a top four team in the conference. How do they become a, even a middle of the road offensive team as opposed to one that is ranking, you know, in the, in the lower third somewhere of the NBA? What needs to happen for this team offensively for, for these players individually or collectively to get there? Honestly, Adam, I don't, I don't think the offense is a major issue. Let me say this. It has been a major issue, but I just think it's a matter of shots going down. Like, if you look at the numbers, Tatum has not had a good offensive year. You don't mm-hmm. think that's going to 
continue. Brown has not been himself. Brown was not himself last night. He just didn't look comfortable. He doesn't still trust his body. He has no explosion. He's usually attacking the basket. He tried a couple times and then settled for jumpers. You have to get that together. Like Tatum's got to get himself right. Brown's got to get himself right. You know, you would think Horford will become a better shooter. He's shooting like 29% from three. He's usually 35%. Smart just hasn't, but Smart's not shooting a lot. I don't have, I don't worry about Marcus Smart. But Schroeder, I think, has saved them. And then I think Josh, Josh Richardson is a key. I just think it's a matter of shots going down. I don't think, and, and there's times where Tatum still will go one on five, one on three, or whatever. Um, but for me, I think that they just have to get shots to go down. Like they just, like they've got to get some luck, right? Well, I guess let, let me cut you off there. I'm sorry. Let me, I, I guess let me ask you this. Because to me, and I'm, I'm not going after you, a lot of people say this. Doc Rivers is famous for saying it. I think the whole make-miss league thing yeah. and, you know, it's a matter of shots falling. Like, to me, it's just, it's really cliche. Uh, I guess yes. what I, what, what I wonder from you, like, do you, are you happy with the shot selection? If you're happy with the shot selection, then fine. Like, shots need to fall. Water will find its level, all that good stuff like you're talking about. But if you're not happy with the, with the attempts they're taking and, and their offensive strategies and, and, and the way just they're playing on that end of the floor, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, I do. I think their offense can be very choppy at times. Um, shot selection, definitely questionable. But when you don't have Robert, when you don't have a rim runner in the lineup like Robert Williams, like it just limits you. You see easy baskets they create with Williams in the game. Like you see, because he's, he's a rim runner. He gets up, just flip the ball up there, dunk. That's easy hoops. The Celtics w- work too hard for the baskets. That's mm. one thing. Secondly, I just think guys who have been shooters in certain situations just aren't stepping up. Like Richardson in the mid-range, he's usually a very good mid-range shooter. Tatum from three. Schroeder has been really streaky. You know, So I think it's a matter of just stuff kind of leveling off. But I also think without Robert Williams and that rim runner, you don't have the easy buckets. You're working too hard for baskets. Um, and then there's times where they get, they stop moving the damn ball. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the Brooklyn game, they just stop moving the ball. Too much ISO. And in San Antonio, they try to put an emphasis on it. And then what happened at them? They missed 21 of their first 26 shots. Like that doesn't happen. Like that's just, you know, and then they move, they missed the last five down the stretch and commit like, like that San Antonio game was so frustrating for them. I'm sure because that's a team they should be. And they, and they basically shut them down after a really, really terrible start. And then it then couldn't, you know, turn off the Fox with DeJounte Murray. I think that they need to just keep Robert Williams on bubble wrap because they think he does so much for their offense. Al has got to start hitting shots. But also, I do think as much as it's like not, it sounds like a cliche, I do think it's a matter of more shots going down. But they're not they're not going to be a great offensive team. They're not going to be a Warriors. They're not going to just score 125 points a game. I'd settle for to top win, 15. Yeah. They have to, they're, going to have, they're going to win 108, 199, something like that. Like, mm-hmm. and, and But the, you also got to get, you got, you got to get some help. You also got to get to the free throw line more. Um, you know, they've got to do little like Toronto. They got to the free throw line a bunch of times. That helped. They moved the ball. That helped. I mean, you know, but they're never going to even, even that game when they score 109. Okay. That was a quote unquote good, although Tatum struggled, but he still had 10 assists. So I think they'll be okay. They, they're never going to be a great offensive team. They're going to have to win games ugly. Last night, hey, you know what? If you held Embiid, and we've seen Embiid go nuts on this team over mm. the years, three for 17, he does not look comfortable. I got to give them credit for that as opposed to saying, well, the offense sucked. Like, yeah, but Philadelphia is a good, good defensive team. Doc is a good defensive coach. Um, so at this point, I think it's a step-by-step situation. You hope, if you're a Celtic fan, that shots start going down. Um, and they continue to move the ball and stop going ISO Jason. 
Yeah, just- I know you have plenty of uh, thoughts. Let me just first quick break to tell you today's show is powered by betonline.ag. We're back. We're better than ever. It's a new web interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, more odds, more lines than ever before, folks. BetOnline remains your top spot, number one for all your basketball and football action over the course of this season. Of course, head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code. It is CLNS50 to receive your bonus. We're talking basketball, football, baseball, when that rolls around again, if in fact it rolls around again here in a lockout. Boxing, UFC, all your favorite Vegas casino games, college sports, whatever it is that's on your mind, don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer and opportunity available to you throughout 2021 and on to 2022, which is, of course, right around the corner. So uh, bet online, your fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Again, that promo code, it's CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. As we know, Patriots going for seven straight in Buffalo come Monday night. So uh, you can look ahead to those odds as well. And I'll, uh, there's a lot of good stuff. But let's let's keep it with basketball right now. And Ev, uh, I'll allow you to uh, re- react here to some of what we were just talking about. No, he's, it's, you know, it is frustrating because they're just not hitting open shots. I think Himmelsbach had it last week. Boston's like 27th in the league on wide open threes, uh, which is frustrating. It's it Tatum, you know, Tatum has, gets good looks, misses sometimes. He takes some tough shots. Those go down. It's like, I don't know what's going on here. And I think he said something to Tatum last night. I think he mentioned this post game last night about how, you know, he said to Tatum, you know, hey, like, look, just think about how good you're going to be when your shots start falling. Kind of like, a, you know, an encouraging sort of word to him. And then Tatum goes, yeah, but I got nine rebounds, though. And that's, you know, that, that's important of him staying active. Um, the, you know, Boston offensively, and I think Gary might have said it the best, and I actually kind of like the way he put it, was they work really hard for their shots. And a lot of that is because they don't have too many guys that can beat their man off the dribble. I mean, that's why I keep pounding the table for Dennis Schroeder, is because Schroeder is one of three guys in this team that can consistently get by his man uh, for an entire game. And I know he's frustrating as hell. And last night, of course, we had the experience of Schroeder, you know, second to last possession of the game, do a great job. I think he has a pick and roll with Al, uh, waits for the defender to go back to Al, gets by, gets hit to hip with his man, gets by him in the basket for a layup. It was great. And then this, the last possession goes ISO and everybody in the building is like, what the hell is going on here? So like they have moments of, yes, that's great moments of, yeah, that was disgusting. And I think, I guess I'm with you, Gary. I guess they should just start leaning into that saying, Hey, like whatever, like offensively, we're not the prettiest team in the world. Marcus Smart, you know, is going to shoot nine times, and we'll see how that goes. You know, Tatum and Brown are going to have theirs, but, you know, defensively we have a roster built of nine or ten guys that can really defend their ass off. And, you know, if, you know Grant Williams is going to shoot 40% from three the whole season, that's great. I wouldn't count on it, but somebody else will probably go the other way to, to make up for that. But if they can just hone into an identity, right, it, it, that would help tremendously. If they could just say, like, like screw it, like we don't – the whole league is all about scoring, right? Everything is about scoring more points. Why don't we be the team that doesn't care about that, but that takes a lot of pride in limiting you on your offensive possessions, right? I, I love saying this about the Patriots, and everybody's talked about it the last week or so, and I said it at the beginning of the season. The Pats built a team that is unlike anybody else. They are going to win by running the football down your throat. When everybody's going to be geared up for pass, 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 they're going to run the ball. They're going to zag when everybody's zigging. Maybe this is a way, Gary, for a little market inefficiency here uh, to to maybe you know keep uh, keep keep you know, keep people on their toes, right? To keep to keep the other teams guessing. They'll be hard to play because they're unlike every other team. They don't want to. They want to make it a rock fight. They don't want it to be pretty. They want to make it ugly. Maybe they should lean into that more. Is based on my point. Yeah, I also think too. Yeah, like uh, I guess the model of that would be like the 04 Pistons or like the 2000 Ravens, you know, a team that like, like we want to score enough to beat you. Right. We, we, we want to, we want to defend our asses off and score five or six more points than you are and walk away with the victory. Um, but I also think guys that they need another shooter. Like mm-hmm. they, for years, they, you know, the Eddie house, um, you know, the little blip of Jason Terry, like they need a three point shooter. They need someone who can come and not Schroeder, 
someone else who can come into the game, stretch the floor, play his role, knock down two or three open threes a game because, you know, he, he'll play with Jason and Jalen in the focus and he'll be left open. Like, you 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 know, a Danny Green type. Not to say Danny Green himself, but, you know, and those guys, I mean, Joe Harris makes $75 million. You know, like, you can't, oh, look at Joe Harris. Like, no, those guys are expensive, but. Well, do, do we think, not believe that Pritchard or Neesmith can be that guy? It's supposed to be Neesmith, right? But they, they're, they're supposed to be Neesmith. Now, is I think when he gets his chance, he's done okay. Pritchard, I think, his confidence right now is shot. You know, he's hit seven, or sorry, I think after the Toronto game, he hit, he's hit eight three-pointers all year. He's eight for 40, something like that. Like, I, I, I'm, I feel bad for Pritchard, but um, – I just think that they have to get another shooter. Now, could it be Neesmith if they play him more? But I just think they need a knockdown veteran three-point shooter, a guy who can come in and go, okay, you're going to shift off me because you're putting so much emphasis on Jalen and Jason. Well, I'll be right here in the corner knocking him down. I think that makes them a much better offensive team. Right now, they really don't have that. Like Grant has really turned into that. I don't know. Can you depend on is Grant that guy, that type of guy? I don't. I'm not sure because Grant's more of a defender. He's like a three and D guy, kind of a, a, a three point shooter by when he's open. I don't know if you want him. Okay, Grant, just feed Grant the ball. Like I don't think that that's his role. But I think by trade deadline, I think they'll have a better understanding of what they need offensively because I don't think they're a far away from being a good offensive team. They might be just a player away from being a good offensive team, a guy who can make make it easier on other guys to score. Where you so can't. Where do we find a you know a, a last few years of his career, Kyle Korver? Like who's who? I mean, you obviously it's not just the Celtics. You cover the entire league. Yeah. What do you think brings available by the deadline that makes sense? That's a good question. Like I, I like, I liked, I thought they should have a couple of years ago gone after Bryn Forbes who had to won a title in Milwaukee. Like they're, they're low budget guys who are not like the Reddicks or the premium shooters that are good spot up shooters. And I get in Bryn Forbes and I'm signing right, we signing right back to San Antonio guys who can knock down the three ball. And, and to me, that's what you, that's definitely what you need. Like, and I'll have to look at the, the the list of guys who are, might be expiring contracts to see if you can get a guy like that. But like the Lakers, and I'm not a big guy on Wayne, but the Lakers signed Wayne Ellington. The Warriors got Otto Porter Jr. You know what I'm saying? Like those mm-hmm. those type of guys. A guy who can just, you know, the Lakers try with Kent Bazemore. That hasn't worked out. He's not playing. But if you look at teams, you look at, you know, a Garrett Temple, like a guy who is just a professional shooter. Right, who knows what his job is, comes off the bench and just opens the floor up um for guys. And that's the thing. Like Brooklyn got Patty Mills. Like that's the, that's exactly what what you know what I'm saying? Just a dude mm-hmm. who can light it up. Right. And Dennis can be that guy, but he's also handling the ball, he's playing a bigger role. Don't know he needs an additional guy like that. Um that's the guys you you have to go after. A guy who can just purely shoot. And they haven't had that guy in years. Well, it's really annoying is they had Garrison Matthews, who's now in, in Houston, doing what, 42% from three on six attempts a game. And you, you mentioned, like, what a shooter can do for you. Like, look what Grayson Allen's doing for Milwaukee right now. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Look, I am not a Grayson Allen. I can't stand that kid. Nobody can, but he can play. Right. Yeah. Just, he's, he's hung around enough, found his niche. And, and and that's what you hope for the Celtics guys. Some of the rookies like the Lee Smiths and the or second year Pritchard, they hang around enough and find a niche and find something they do very good. Like Grayson Allen is a perfect example. Why would why would Milwaukee get him? Because he can shoot, right? And you saw the other game when they played and they almost beat the Celtics without Giannis. Like Allen was uh, was money that night. You know, um, that's the kind of guy I think they need. And I know. Their you know budget was a little limited this off season, and they're saving money for next summer. But I think in the trade deadline, that's the kind of guy you need to get. With what we've seen from Brad so far, going back to him taking over, not obviously here in the regular season, but you know the off season, there were this 
flurry of moves and, and the Celtics were kind of always in conversations, you know, from your reportings and others. Are, are we expecting, despite where this team is at, again, it's, you know, we're what, roughly a third of the way through the year, quarter of the way through the year. This team is, you know, sitting at, at 12 and, and 10, and we know what it's, potential is we we see what it can do defensively we know what it what we believe it can do offensively if if again going back to what we were talking about some of the water finding its level certainly with a guy like Jason Tatum who is off to an historically bad start by his standards is Brad looking at this and thinking at least right now yeah I'm going to make a move to improve this club or is he still sort of you know are 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 those cards not getting pushed to the table until the offseason thinking about next year and, and some of the payroll like you talked about i don't think he's going to do anything to jeopardize the salary cap space that max slot next summer but yes i think he has to upgrade this roster because if you look at the east okay they've got a shot is brooklyn the best team in the east is it milwaukee those are the two candidates right now right okay uh brooklyn beat beat the breaks off the celtics but they also just, you know, like they also are not playing all that well. They barely beat the Knicks the other night. Um, Phoenix handed them their butts the other night, last week. Like Brooklyn is flawed. Milwaukee is just getting up off the deck. It have been, I think it won seven in a row now. So Milwaukee might be trying to get things together. But if those are the top two teams, you aren't light years away from those guys, right? You aren't just to the point of like, well, we can't compete. Well, just throw in the towel. Like, and then you've got the second tier, Washington. Okay, do you really trust the Wizards long term? We don't know. Atlanta, um, Miami. Miami got blasted last night at home against Cleveland. Now, I know Adebayo didn't play, but still, I think all their other guys did, and, and Cleveland doesn't have Sexton. So um, it's. I think the East is kind of wide open here. The Cavaliers are much better than we thought. The Pacers are uh, up and down. The Raptors are, can't stay healthy. The 76ers, we saw them last night. They don't look the same without Ben Simmons, and they desperately need better point guard play because Maxi has now struggled. Like, every team has a flaw. So if I'm Brad, I look at this roster, root for, wish for good health, and get another body of shooter in there, and – I think you have a chance to make the conference finals. I mean, I think the team, okay, can we beat Brooklyn? Like, it it, it didn't look like it last week, but I think if you take some uh, things that you learn and try to, you know, just try to make it the best. And as I said, I'll throw the Knicks in there. The Knicks are up and down. So everybody's got their problems in the East. There's no perfect team in the East. There is no Phoenix. There's no Golden State in the East, Right. Like, so the Celtics, I'm, I'm Brad. I'm like, why not? We can't just blow off this year because we think we're getting Bradley Beal or Zach Levine. And I said, I didn't mention Chicago. I'm sorry, Chicago. Like, they look like they're going to be something. So, but the, but, you know, the East is crazy, but mm-hmm. the Celtics have a chance. If you look at the East, it's not the West. The Celtics have, there's no set, there's no 17 game winning streak in the East. Yeah, it's not coming either. That's uh, one one last break here to uh, let's let's you know we're, we're going to audible. We're going to just talk. We're going to talk a little bit about cannabis here for a second, specifically Massachusetts premier cannabis dispensaries, INSA, I N S A. Evan getting out the T-shirt and you see mine right here. It's a nice shirt here, Gary. We can get you one of these shirts if you want. INSA, I N S A, the premier cause for the founders, Pat and Pete. Uh, they, they re-engineered the cannabis model, uh, you know, from, from how to sell it, what to sell, obviously, uh, while never forgetting that it's for everyone. Insta dispensaries, they're inviting, they're modern to come on in just to learn more. Evan has been in there, gotten all sorts of questions answered. It's, you know, a great stop for him. The staff, there was throw Evan under the bus. But, but, no, I, I'm saying he, he went in to check it out. So I'm not hanging out there now. <laughs> I, I didn't say he's posted up like Jay and Silent <laughs> oh, Bob wow. outside. Wow, him and Bill, him and Bill Walton, like what's going on here? Like, you know what? If if, if Evan had a chance to go there with Bill Walton, I promise you, he wouldn't pass it up. No, I would absolutely never pass it up. It would be great, great material. It would be content uh, gold. And maybe. then they'd go over to a Grateful Dead show. It'll be unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, would, I would have a blast. It would have been awesome. 
the staff there and into their authorities on the science who answer every question from the uh, differences between the flowers and concentrates to offerings for insomnia, anxiety, just hanging out with friends, whatever it is that you're into, obviously, they can help take care of you. Insa has a world-class chef, too, uh, only hires the most respected growers who perfected their craft when it wasn't so uh, legit, as you might say, or, or Gary's out there on the streets in the star. Maybe it wasn't so street legal. Uh, but yeah. Insa's taking care of all that. One last thing, too. The Insa founders, they aren't just VCs from Silicon Valley. They are lifelong pals from Springfield. So another local team for all of us to root for. Insa in Salem, East Hampton, Boston Delivery, two Springfield locations. Tons of options for you, including just off I-91 be, uh, beside the MGM Casino. Mention that we said to stop in for a sweet T-shirt like the ones that we flashed you here. T-shirt for a penny. Insa.com. That's I-N-S-A dot com. Eight seven seven five hundred Insa. There we go. Just to prove a point, yeah, it was a great read. Uh, just Thank to prove you. a point, you know, you look at the standings right now, and and just to get back to what we were talking about previously, um, you know, the the East is, you know, you look at the West. There's two teams at eighteen and three. Those are pretty great. Look at the Eastern Conference, the Celtics, who we've all been, you know, just the the online discourse has been awful, uh, and people have been very frustrated with this team. They're twelve and ten. Uh, they're only two games out of second place, guys. So it's not like they're buried here. Mm-hmm. Nobody has been able to separate themselves at all. And so to, to Gary's point, it would not take a major move to elevate them into, uh, I would say, you know, that, that upper echelon of that second tier. I don't think they're Milwaukee. Milwaukee has probably the best player on the planet on it, or at least one of the top two or top mm-hmm. three uh, with Giannis. And he continues to be an amazing, amazing player and um, amazing just off the court, how he discovered dunking Oreos into milk for the first time. <laughs> that was an amazing, that whole press conference, that two minute right. long answer was absolute gold. But I mean, like they're not that far off and like, yeah, Washington's not going to be the second best team in the Eastern conference all year. I expect Chicago at some point to probably take that mantle, but there's, it's not, like they're super far away. Um, so that, you know, one maybe- little four or five game winning streak. Think of what that would do for you. It wouldn't take. Yeah. A- I mean, and they led, they basically should have beaten the Wizards once in Washington and kind of wasted the game in Boston. And they led Chicago by 19 in the fourth quarter before blowing that game. So it's not like Brooklyn's the only team that in that first Toronto game that you're like, the Celtics just got manhandled. That was ugly. Like other than that, they pretty much. It competed the game in Atlanta. You could say they just couldn't hit anything, but uh, you know, I think they got a shot. But but like I said shots have to go down. And but also as as we talked about, another guy would help. Do you feel like? Oh, go ahead. Well, I think yours is going to be more to do deal with uh, what we're currently talking about because I do have a Jason Tatum question at some point. Well, I uh, mine was yeah, kind of bigger picture. I guess I'm. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've, I've heard every word of every press conference so far this year from Ime Odoka, but I'm, you know, I, I, I catch a lot of it, obviously. I mean, you're in them, you're asking questions. Do you feel like in the very early goings, obviously, of, of his, you know, first head coaching experience, he, we're already starting to see kind of signs of him mellowing a little bit. And, and that, that's not a, a criticism either it's more you know an, an observation of like we were joking early in the season I don't remember if you were with us or not Gary but we were joking like calling him you know captain accountability when he came in the way that he's you know airing things out through the media you know what whether it's uh in against his players or or talking about we got punked or quit bitching at the officials or you know this about Grant or this about Tatum and Brown this about smart this about whatever he's he's taken he's dialed it back a little bit for lack of a better way of putting it. I have no idea what it's like behind closed Not doors. Sure, room, what he said. But public, publicly, it feels like. Nah, yeah. Adam, if you no? look at the San Antonio game, he called out all the guys who couldn't stop DeJounte Murray. Yeah, he's like, that's true. We thought Smart could, and then Tatum, and then Brown. And like he, <laughs> called, he called out the entire starting That's five. a good point. I guess maybe like, I mean on the whole. None of this dude could, none of them could, we thought one of those guys could stop him and none of them, like, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, wow. Like we thought one of these dudes that we pay millions of dollars to could <laughs> stop a guy, could stop a guy from just doing, taking the same damn shot. But no, they couldn't. Cause that's exactly what happened. DeJounte did not dunk. DeJounte did not hit a three. Yeah. DeJounte 
shifted, moved, hit the mid-range, which is his game, and then did a little up and under or pump fake and, and got to the line or hit the shot. So, yeah, I think a little bit he's toned down, but I still think, like, they're still kind of like, uh, come on, guys, like, let's do this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be always your buddy. Um, you know, and he's a guarded guy. He talks, he loves, he's, like, we really haven't gotten to know him personally. Like, he's not, there isn't a lot of, like, interactions like, hey, how's it going, guys? We up to, like, we, you know, he's, how you doing? Back to the locker room, got to work. Like, you know, like, there isn't a, we haven't gotten him to open up um, and really get to know him. So, and I, and what I've been told, like, this, he's a hardcore dude. You know, like, this is him. Like, he is not. He doesn't say a whole lot, and when he says something, it's worth it. So I think that that's fine. I think that they maybe this team organization needed that. Um, they needed somebody because I think Brad was just another thing about not playing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Brad didn't want to just have them turn against him and be like, who, who are you again? Like, <laughs> this ain't Butler. You know, like, yeah. and I think Emay's like, listen, I come with stripes. I got my, I got an NBA pension coming. Uh, I played in the league. I coached under Pop. I played in Philadelphia and Brooklyn. I game planned multiple times against all you guys. So what you going to tell me? Um, so I do think that there's a level of confidence there. But I also think there's a level of like, listen, like guys got to hear the real brutal truth. And maybe they didn't hear the truth as much. I mean, as we see, Brad was such an ardent supporter of Kimball Walker. And then he traded him in a week. You know, like, if you remember, like, there was nothing Kimba could do wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and he fiercely defended Kimba's playing. Fier- oh, he, you know, he's got to get comfortable. Um, you know, the back-to-backs might hurt. You know, like, not playing back-to-backs, but he has done exactly what we've asked him, and he traded him in a week. Like, I don't know how Kimba felt about that, but I think that we need to know and I think it's good that people know what he may thinks of them. And that, hey. tried to get that expose? You know, I mean, you obviously being a columnist, maybe you've reached out. I don't know. Is, like, is, is he so guarded that he's not even allowing it? Or or has no one tried to write that? Like, no, let's get no, Ime behind the scenes. On it. There's people working on it, you know. Um, but, yeah, like the, 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 you know, usually after a while, you'll get the kind of the, you know, he sees you every day. Like, he's not a bad guy. And he's, he's not an unfriendly guy, but he's just, you know, he's about business. Yeah. Like when we, when, Hey, I'm sure he's like, Hey, when I win a championship, I'll be the nicest guy in the world. I am <laughs> not doc rivers. I am not like, I, I am not here to charm you. And, yeah. Which is fine. I respect that. Yeah. I like the way he handles himself. I, I, I don't have, you know, there are some, maybe some schematic things offensively that again, maybe and then we don't even know if it's even you know really on him. It could be, you know, he's, he's, the head coach, but there are certain guys that have certain responsibilities to come up with certain offensive things. He's not like literally mitigating every single thing that they do. You know, he has other guys in the staff to help him with that. Um, I've enjoyed the EMA, you know, uh, the EMA era so far. And we were talking with uh, Dan Shaughnessy two weeks ago, you know, part of that, like I, his, his, his attitude, like they should never lose that. Like these guys need reminders sometimes that's, that's tough to hear. Like in, in, you know, anybody in life that's been somewhat successful probably has gotten some pretty harsh criticism along the way and they've responded to it in a positive way and have turned their, you know, something around to become more successful. That's all that is. And I think with Ime, maybe Adam, to your point, maybe he's learned his team a little bit more and maybe been like, okay, maybe I can't be, you know, so brash about certain things. Maybe I have to, maybe I myself have to have to turn it down a little bit, but in certain times, like, yeah, they have, you know, they have to get their ass chewed out or they have to, they have to be talked to or, or, or like, look, we couldn't stop DeJounte Murray, you know, why beat around the bush? Like pop doesn't really do any of that either. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Marcus smart beat him like a drum over and over and over and over again at the end of the game, uh, you bet pop would say pretty much the same thing. Like pop would call everybody out and nobody would have a problem with it because he's earned it obviously throughout his career. But like, I don't, I don't mind that at all. I think Ime has been fine. I, I don't have many issues. I mean, there are people who are like, Oh, from a yeah, offensive standpoint, like his stuff is bland or whatever. I'm like, well, 
like you also have to understand there's a defense out there that's reacting to their offense. And sometimes defense makes a, a, a good move or a, uh, there's a good trap over here or like, a, like there are things happening on the court that aren't always going to happen in your favor all the time. And the other team deserves credit for that. So like the some people I get on email all the time, I just don't totally understand. I think Gary, it's been fine so far. And you know, it, are they perfect? No, but no. there's a different attitude that I enjoy. Um, and I think most people would agree that at least there seems to be some accountability up and down the roster, unlike maybe certain times in the past. But I do want to get to Jason Tatum, though, because Tatum's been yeah. lightning rod a little bit so far this year. And you had Brad on Toucher and Rich this morning talking about the, some of the quotes from the anonymous GMs and coaches and scouts, which I hate. Um, and one of them talked about Jason not being a winner, and he doesn't want to win enough. He wants to win on his own. He wants to win on his terms. Yeah, it's like the most yeah. outrageous thing I've ever heard. And, and so, like, I well, first of all, who does? Who doesn't want to win on their own terms? Exactly. Everybody <laughs> yeah. wants to score 40. No, I want to win on your terms. Like, everyone <laughs> wants to win the way they think they want to win. Right. I, I, I just don't get that from Jason. Like, here's the thing. I do think, okay, Jason knows he's gifted. I think Jason understands how important he is to the team. And, of course, he wants to be a star. Nobody goes into this business of basketball or journalism or whatever and says, I want to be really average. Like, no one <laughs> says that. Like, Striving no for average. And, and if you do, you've got a really bad attitude. And some people are average and are okay, okay with being average. Like, literally, no one, no one goes into the game like that. Of course Tatum wants to be great. But there's the Tatum haters who are like, if he says, I want to be great. Oh, see, he's not a team guy. All he cares about is his old JT. All he cares, like, it's like, you know, he's told me, I want to win championships. That's all that matters here. That, he told me that this summer. That just went right over people's heads. And it came to like, well, all he does is talk about himself. Like, I just think there's going to be people that, like, I get a lot of emails about Jason. And he doesn't say me, uh, the team. He always talks about himself. Like, he gets asked about himself and he gets asked about the team. And like, I think we should learn. I learned a lot about Tamo last. He had uh, 10 assists against Toronto, 16 rebounds against Philadelphia. Like he's not shooting well, but he's learning how to do other things. And I think I've seen that progression this year. Like is this, you know, is his numbers up high? High? No, but he does not. He's not afraid to pass like he was. Or he's not doing the Kobe thing, the dribble, 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 pump fake, fade away. Like, you know, he'll do that less often. He still does it on occasion. But I think it's it's kind of like like sad in a sense that you have this guy who's a 23-year-old star and everyone is just picking at him. Like, Rafael Devers is 26, right? Like, like it, it, hap- it takes time. Devers is turning into a star. Devers is older than he is. Like, Bogarts, you look at uh, other stars in this town besides, I mean, shoot, he might be younger than Mac Jones. I don't know how Mac called Mac Jones. How old's Mac Jones? 23? 23? Yeah. Okay, so they're the same age. And everyone's ripping Tatum like he's just like like terribly finished. He's finished product. He hates the he, – he's all about himself. Like, my goodness. Like, you realize how young this guy is, right? Like, yeah. I just think – and he's trying to accept the responsibility of being the franchise player. And I think that's a process because there's no Gordon anymore. There's no Kyrie and there's no Kimba. There's no other guy you can look up to and be like, okay, you're a max guy too. Like it's just him and Jalen and he makes more money than Jalen. He, they didn't max Jalen. So to me, I, I, I think that Tatum wants to win and he wants to win his way, but I think his ways will change once. And I said, and I think once he sees that he can do, other things and get that triple double and help and get a steal and play good D. I think he'll round into that polished player. Durant wasn't always like that. Like we look at the guys Harden for sure. You want you want you want James Harden at twenty three? That dude was partying on South Beach during the finals or whatever when they were like when they. I mean he was he was he was in the streets after after losing NBA Finals games when he was twenty three. Just imagine if Tatum did that, you know, like now, you know, you want these guys take time to develop, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a time, they come into the league at 19. Most of these guys are just totally not ready. 
even if they got enough game, and it just takes time to develop in that superstar and that guy who's all accountable. Why do you want to be like Larry Bird? Like Larry Bird was like that from jump. Like I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming was 19, 23 when he got in the NBA. Yeah, 1979. Larry Bird was just the consummate leader, team player, superstar, all around great guy. Like, come on, he wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Bird was, but Bird took time to develop. Mikhail, like all those guys, take time. Like, I I just think I see the progression in Jason over the years. And yeah, do I think he's gotten a little got a little too one on one heavy, especially during the bubble when he was taking those t- contested twenty seven footer that Miami that game one against Miami, which I think was probably one of the most regrettable games of the Brad Stevens era when they blew that big lead and. Tatum got blocked at the rim by out of bio and took the terrible 20. Like, yeah, there's been some, some low points, but I also think the dude has turned into like, you want Markel Fultz? I'm sure Orlando will trade you Markel Fultz for Tatum. <laughs> like, you know, what, what is it that you want? You, yeah. you got to, you got to do at 23 is already a two time all-star and people out here want him to be like, what is, what do you want him to be? Like it, it's working out so far. That's what I think. I just look for anybody wondering, because if I were listening, I would be doing the same thing. Uh, Jason Tatum born March of 98 and uh, Mac Jones September of 98. So a couple of 23-year-olds just a few months apart. But yeah, like you said, Tatum's been in the league for four years. Mac Jones just got here, and so yeah. it, uh, it definitely alters people's opinions. Uh, we've we've gone on for almost an hour, which I told Gary we weren't going to do to him today. So we're uh, we're going to get out of here. But I want to you know remind people, of, of course, this show is powered by BetOnline.ag and Insa. That's uh, BetOnline.ag. Go there for a fifty percent sign up bonus. CLNS fifty. The promo code Insa Insa dot com. Mention we sent you. Get a T shirt for a penny. Gary's already in the car. He's going to swing by. He's going to grab me. He's going to grab Evan. We're going to drive over to Insa. We're going to see if we can uh, you know bump into you know uh, whoever it is. Bill Walton or anyone else that's hanging out curbside and, and see where we can go from there. This has been another edition of Celtics Beat. Gary, thanks for hopping on with us as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Evan and I will be back next week. Uh, big five-game trip for the Seas. It starts as we sit here tomorrow night in Utah. We'll see how it goes. See ya.